The hymn we just sang is one of my favorite hymns. Um, I would be happy to sing it every Sunday. I'm told that we don't know that. Um, and I was singing away up here, and I turned to Chris at the end, and I said, Chris, did you hear me singing? I was good. And he said, oh, <laughs> you did. Yeah. That's how to recruit for the choir. Yeah. King Avenue, our home, a haven of blessing and peace. The theme of the stewardship campaign. Stewardship Sunday is next Sunday, and you should be receiving your pledge cards in the mail this week, and they will be in the uh, bulletins next week, and we will be receiving pledge cards next Sunday. So it's not only rummage sale, it's not only trunk or treat, it's pledge Sunday, and all church lunch, too. So, King Avenue, our home, a haven of blessing and peace. At some point when you talk about home, uh, we need to talk about hospitality. You know, the making, uh, how we make people feel at home. You know, it's certainly a sense of belonging. It's a sense of greeting and welcome, but it's a lot more than just saying, hi, glad you're here. That's very important, because frequently people enter a church and are not greeted. But it is, it's more than that. It is, it's belonging. It's feeling that we matter. It's feeling um, that we are needed, that we uh, are accepted as we are, uh, that we're valued and provided for. The book of Hebrews that Kristen read is about how to make a church a home, how to be hospitable, in a church and it is prescriptive rather than descriptive there are 10 imperatives in this passage it seems that people have to be told how to be hospitable how to make a church a home um, that they have to be told implies that they're not perfect that they they need to be reminded and they need to be guided on on how to make a church a home. Uh, that might be insulting, but I, I appreciate sometimes being told what to do, because uh, often I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to do something. So I appreciate it when Susan tells me what to do. Um, then I know where I'm headed. The writer of Hebrews starts by saying, let mutual love continue. Now, I like that continue because it, it, it implies that they are showing mutual love in the church. You know, it's a giving and receiving. It's a, it's a sharing of gifts where people are appreciated and people are needed and they are valued. You know, I appreciate your music. I appreciate your organ playing. I appreciate your scripture reading. I appreciate your work with the youth. You know, it's, it's this mutual love that people receive. For me, a great example of mutual love in our church is our youth group. The, um, the, I was the chaperone on a, the youth retreat this past June up at Lakeside. And it was a joy to witness those kids 
care for each other. It's a very diverse group. Um, and they, they are concerned for each other. And they support each other. And they think of each other. And it was just a privilege to be part of that group for two days. That's mutual love that continues. Now, in a church, that can take place within our little group, within our small group. Um, but the writer of Hebrews goes on to, to say, it, but it goes beyond just our little circle of friends. The writer of Hebrews then says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For sometimes you entertain angels unaware. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So it's, it's more than our little group. It's, it's opening the door for others to come in and welcoming strangers. You know, our vision statement says King Avenue is a community of servants called by God's grace, that's our circle, to open doors of sanctuary to let others in. That might begin with greeting, but it, it becomes more an act of, uh, uh, of inclusion. When I served um, First Church Middletown about 20 years ago, one of the pillars of the church came up to me and said, there's a young mother that comes to church every Sunday with three small children, and she apparently doesn't have a husband. I've never seen her husband, and she needs help. And um, do you know who she is? And I said, well, why don't you go introduce yourself to her next Sunday and find out who she is and if she does need help. So the next Sunday, the person came to me and said, I introduced myself to that, to that young mother who has the three small children and has her hands full. And I said, and what did you learn? And she said, that she's your wife. <laughs> That's a true story. And I said to her, and see, don't you sometimes entertain angels unaware? From welcoming, not neglecting to show hospitality to, to strangers because they might be angels, the writer of Hebrews then remove, re, expands the circle of hospitality and making a home to say, remember those in prison. Put yourself in their place. Remember those who are being tortured. Put yourself in their place. You know, it's, it's this not only staying in our circle and letting people in, but it's going out and sharing hospitality with others. Remember those who are immigrants. Put yourself in their place. Remember those who are grieving. Put yourself in their place. You know, this hospitality extends 
Then the writer of Hebrews says, Let the marriage bed be honored by all. Let marriage be honored by all. This is a classic, typical imperative in first century Christian literature. It's pretty standard. Let marriage be honored by all. And certainly the writer meant that. But over the years, marriage has expanded, hasn't it? From husband and wife to husband and husband and wife and wife. And it expands to sexual relations, not to abuse, not to harass. I think part of hospitality is to say, let sexual relations not objectify the other person, treat them as an object or just a body part or something to be manipulated and used and exploited, but treat people with respect. That's hospitality. Then the writer says, the next imperative is, let your lives be free of worry about money. How often are we not free of worry about money? We are anxious about money, and when I think of what often prevents my being hospitable, it's money. Or thinking I have a lack of it. I don't have enough to be hospitable. I don't have enough to share. Sometimes we actually would rather have our neighbor's land than have our neighbor. The writer goes on to say, be content, and seems to link that to anxiety about money. Be content. Don't worry about having more and more and more. Know what is enough, and then you'll know what is more than enough. And there is more than enough to share of money and time and talents and space to be hospitable. There's a link between being content, our feeling at home, so that we can let others feel at home. Now why, why is it important to be a home? Why is it important to be hospitable and have this expansion of hospitality beyond our walls and to people we don't know. Colleen referred to it last week in her sermon, the epidemic of loneliness in our country. And last Monday, there was a column in the dispatch by George Will about loneliness, and he referred to a book by 
Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. Now, before I forget, I've reprinted this column, and it's back at the welcome desk if you'd like to read it all. Will and Sass say that the, the number one health problem in the United States is loneliness, more so than heart disease or cancer or addictions, which are probably just symptoms of loneliness. Persistent loneliness diminishes longevity twice as much as alcoholism. Persistent loneliness diminishes longevity three times as much as obesity. Loneliness is as dangerous as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Sass says that We are dying over the despair of loneliness and that that hole in our lives is not being filled and that actually all of our communication is actually making us lonelier and more isolated. And that the divide in our country over almost everything is just generating more loneliness. The title of his book is Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. He says, what we need is new habits of heart and mind. What we need are new practices of neighborliness. And here's the writer of Hebrews talking about an antidote to loneliness. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. See them as angels. Remember those who are forgotten, the lonely. Respect and treat people as people. Don't be obsessed with money and other addictions, but be content. <laughs> if you want a, a prescription for loneliness, take what the writer of Hebrews says and just negate it. <laughs> Do not let mutual love continue. 
neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Do not remember the forgotten. Do not treat people with respect. Do not be content. I find hospitality to be hard work. It's easy for me to say hi to people, but it's hard for me to get out of my comfort zone. Sometimes it is hard for me to let people in my space, and sometimes I don't want to make the expense. Sometimes I don't want to make the effort. Hospitality is hard. And I think part of that is why the writer puts it in imperatives. How can we be hospitable? Well, the writer of Hebrews talks about be content. And right after content, he says, be content. For God has said, I will not leave you or forsake you. We can be content because our lives are rooted in God. Our home is in God. Be content, for God has said, I will not leave you or forsake you. And then you can say with confidence, he says, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Who can harm me? For Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow saying our lives are founded in God's hospitality and God's at-homeness. This is um, a stewardship sermon. I've often been embarrassed and feel like I have to apologize for preaching a stewardship sermon. Oh, shucks, we need your support. Oh, shucks, we need money for our budget. Susan and I, as many of you, almost all of you, give to a lot of things, a lot of worthwhile causes. But as I think about hospitality and loneliness, I think the church is the institution already created to answer George Will and Ben Sass's question how do we heal? The church is the institution. Yeah, we fall short. Yeah, we fail. But we know our imperatives. I'm not really embarrassed anymore to say the church needs our pledges because we are the antidote to the situation in our country. We are the body that fills that hole. We are that body that brings the healing. We are not an option. We are a necessity in our society. And we should be proud to say, yeah, I'm part of a church and we provide home 
and I support that home. May it be so.